just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully your day is going well. It is Monday. This is a big day for two reasons. Later on today, you are going to see the final presentation of the January 6th committee, and it's going to be a shit show. But even a bigger part of today is uh, I have a guest on the show, somebody who's backed by popular demand. You folks seem to like him. Uh, As I was saying to him off the air, uh, he talks a lot. <laughs> he knows some stuff and he swears a lot. And uh, who knew that you folks would be interested in something like that? But who we have back is Tony Michaels from the Tony Michaels podcast. And uh, thank you, Tony, for joining us again. Hey, well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, we had you on a while back and, and, and people seemed to like what you had to say. And I always liked what you had to say. I saw you first on TikTok. Uh, I like a guy that shows a little passion, knows some shit, and isn't afraid to say some things. And 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 I think that's the key to what what you do on your shows near YouTube and all the other places you're at. So, um, so now we got two guys that will say anything that fucking comes to their mind, and <laughs> for whatever reason, that's entertaining. Well, I think I think people, um, you know, it's cathartic for them. That's that's one r- word that I get a lot in my comments is. Uh, your content is cathartic. You're saying the things that I want to say that yeah. I'm thinking that I can't say out loud or or I can't seem to form into uh, the curse words that I want. So <laughs> it, um, it, I think sometimes it is more cathartic. And I try to put a little humor into my content as well to. Because you know, laughter is healing, and in a time like this, you need uh, you need healing um, when we've got the situation that we have. You know, Tony, I, uh, after doing, having done TikTok for a couple of years, more than two years, and the podcast and stuff like that, and I swear a lot, and I get people from time to time saying you shouldn't swear, which I'm not going to fucking stop swearing. But I got my single favorite compliment. And I'll see if you ever got this. <laughs> uh, I have a lot of people of color that are followers of mine. And uh, I love that. You know, I want them to know that I'm on everybody's side that's doing the right thing. But one guy says says to me, he puts in one of my posts, he says, you swear like a brother. I fucking love you. <laughs> and I'm going, yeah. <laughs> Finally, you somebody know- gets it. I get I get a lot of comments, you know, oh, at what you say is great. And uh, I believe everything you say, but tone down the swearing. And I'm yeah. like, that's the whole fucking point. Like, I'm the fuck em guy. Like, yeah. that's literally how I <laughs> made my mark was with the phrase fuck em. So it's like it, telling uh, John Wayne, you know, I like the cowboy shit, but take off the hat. Right, right. Like, what the hell is going on? So, yeah, I get that. I get the. uh stop cursing every once in a while, but I do too. No, I, you know, you know, I'm not, you know, it's, it's a thing that, um, we live in 2022. I think most people understand that, um, that it's just words and they're not going to hurt you. And if you're, if you're so snowflakey and so sensitive that you can't handle the word fuck in any context, especially in the context of our 
you know, the killing of our democracy by the Republican Party, the America first Nazis, then, you know, you're doing this shit fucking wrong. So, well, and, and you have to think about, you know, one of the things that I've always said as far as doing what I do on TikTok and what you do on TikTok and podcasts and stuff like that is um, Democrats have always fought against the Republicans, but always from a weak stance. You know, they were the people above it all. They were the people that wouldn't push back. They wouldn't, you know, offend anybody. And what happens is these Republicans, these bullies, just roll over the top of them. And I think this is why some Trump fucks don't like people like you and me, because we're they don't recognize this from Democrats. They don't recognize somebody pushing back. And I found out, and I'm sure you found out, they don't like that shit. And and frankly, the fact that they don't like that shit just encourages me to do more. Well, I think these that is a good point. Um, but I think it's even more complex than that because I confuse the fuck out of these people. I'm from <laughs> rural fucking Missouri. I sound like a hillbilly. I look like someone who's supposed to be wearing a Trump hat. Hell, a lot of times on my show, I wear my red fuck'em hat. And yep. that confuses some people. But and the way I talk, how I sound, um, you know, s- sort of the the toxic masculinity that kind of, you know, right. oozes off of me, I guess. They they expect it to come out one way, and it's the exact opposite. So it confuses the shit out of some of them sometimes. But, you know, that that is part of messaging. And I think it's important when you're talking about uh, the Democratic Party as a whole, because the one thing that has happened in this country is people who are voting for the Democratic Party aren't all Democrats. They're just not. Um, and what I mean by that is like, you know, true party people, right? right. Card carrying Democrats to think that Gen Z, who, by the way, um, we are last interview was before the 2022 midterm. Right. And now I it's after. So, so maybe we should talk about that. But but Gen Z is are not card carrying Democrats, right? They believe in fucking democracy. And the one thing they found out in the 2022 midterm, and really, I think they understand more than any generation before them sooner than they understood, is that um, there's only two parties in this country, right? right. And there's only going to be two parties. There's not going to be some fucking third party. There's not going to be some democratic socialist thing movement that emerges it's the Democrats and the Republicans in the time that we live. And even if the Republican Party absolutely Trump kills them and there's a new party, there's only going to be two parties. We are a two party system. That's just how it is. Gen Z has figured that out and they figured out their their one um, their one issue for voting, because forever Republicans are like abortion. Abortion, abortion, abortion. And they're one-issue voters. Gen Z are one-issue voters. And I believe that one issue is democracy. And that's it, reasonable. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's sad that that is the bar in this country right now, that that's the issue that we have to fight on, is that do we want, do we want equality and equity? Is that I mean, do we want to have the Constitution? I mean, literally the, the, the last president, the former president, Donald fucking Trump, the Cheeto does QAnon post on True Social that he wants to terminate the Constitution because it doesn't fit his needs. I mean, literally, this party would trash the Constitution. They tried to on January 6th, by the way, um, which I know we're going to talk about the hearings, which I'm going to be hosting the hearings um, today 
Um, well, we're recording him on Sunday, but we just posted on Monday, so I'll be hosting him today um, and producing those hearings for the Midas Touch Network. But they tried to trash our Constitution. And he wants to trash our Constitution. They would love to trash our Constitution. They've never loved the Constitution, only when it fit their needs. And that's the thing here, is that the Republican Party is already dead. And the reason why it's already dead is because they don't believe in our democracy. They just don't. Now, it's going to take a little bit, right? Because there's still some people who would love to save the Republican Party as part of our democracy. You know, the Liz Cheney's, the the Mitt Romney, you know, they're completely full of shit, right. you know, to think that the Republican Party is going to be anything in the next 20, 30 years. But being known as a bunch of fucking Nazis, because that's that's what I'm going to do with messaging. We're I, 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 That's the other thing about the Democratic Party and their messaging is that we absolutely grabbed a hold of the messaging and waved it around in the air and never stopped yelling and screaming and beating the drum. Um, and that's the most important thing. We cannot stop. Like we can't go, Oh, the midterms turned out, you know, okay. They, they didn't win the Senate. They barely won the house. They didn't win these governorships or these secretaries of state to steal our election in 2024. So we won and we can now all go home. No, we cannot. We cannot. We have to today. Tomorrow, the next day, we have to keep pounding that drum. These fascists are not going to go anywhere, and their resolve is strong. And if we don't have a stronger resolve and we don't stick in this fight, they will come to win. They they will say 2022 was a battle, but we will win the next one. And they will try to keep winning these battles. Uh, you see Donald Trump doing it every single minute on Fraud Social, where he's just posting and posting and posting. He's terrified. He's a right. caged animal. Uh, but, you know, that that is the state of our country, and we have to keep fighting. Well, you know, I, th- I think um, certainly the Republicans are fighting against democracy. But I don't know in their heart if they're against democracy they're fearful because they understand democracy is working against them. They see the younger people coming up, the Gen Zs and the millennials. We're hearing now that in 2028, they'll be the majority of the voters. So at that point, the Republicans will pretty much be done in their current state. I think it's more about power for them. They'll fucking do anything to maintain power. If being democratic and being nice people would get them votes, they would do that. But in this case, the only thing they have left, because Democrats have already picked up that mantle, is to try to game the system, try to cheat the system, try to lie to people. And it's just failing miserably. They're, they're, they're hanging on by a thread because they know soon they're fucking done. Well, I think um, I think you're underestimating a little bit there about um, how fucking crazy some of these who have taken over this party. And um, perfect prime example is Arizona. Um, I said weeks before the 2022 midterm that they, they basically knew they were going to lose in Pennsylvania. They knew right. Mastriana was not going to fucking win. No fucking way. Um, they did not have much hope for Tudor Dixon in michigan um that fucking nazi so bannon trump the entire maga apparatus basically focused on arizona um i noticed it about three and a half weeks before the election that that's the one they wanted because here's why if they could prove that the crazies could win in a state like arizona where john mccain was the moderate maverick or whatever the fuck you know 
then they could prove that the MAGA crazy wing of the party was now in control. Right. Um, they are in control in Arizona. You don't put up fucking candidates like Blake Masters, Carrie Lake, and this Tom Fenton just just out of nowhere, right? No, they got to come from someplace. Right. Well, the, the, they came from the Republican Party in Arizona, um, and and that's the that's the craziest part about Arizona is you're not going to stop seeing the crazy. That's why Carrie Lake hasn't shut the fuck up about this stuff is because the Republicans in Arizona who control the party absolutely have bought into QAnon, absolutely have bought into the cult. They're fucking crazy, and they control that party in Arizona. And the one thing that we as a as a country, as a collective, can't do, and I, and I believe we know that just from the vote of 2022, is we cannot let these crazies take over our government. They can take over the Republican Party, right? That's something that we as a collective as a democratic coalition cannot stop. We can't stop the crazies from taking over the Republican party, but we can stop them from taking over our governments. And that's what happened in 2022. And, and really without the absolute gerrymandering uh, of the house districts in some of these States, the Republicans would not have won the house. Um, That is one of the only reasons why they won is they selected their voters as opposed to the voters selecting them. So, um, uh, understand that the 2022 midterms was a win for democracy. And really, t- to be quite honest, I, I did not want the Republicans to have the House, but we got the next best thing. Yeah, they barely They barely won the House, and they can't – this is the first time in fucking modern history that a major party – can't figure out who their fucking speaker is weeks before they're supposed to vote for it. Literally, Kevin McCarthy, who is the leader in the House for their caucus, can't get to 218, the bare minimum, with a unanimous vote. Now, well, that, if go ahead, go ahead. No, no, that, that, that's absolutely right. And, and as much as they have a majority in the House, a slim majority, it really doesn't mean anything if they have no unity amongst themselves. You've got the MAGA side and you've got the people trying to step away from the MAGA side because they saw what doing that did to the midterms. They have some common sense. The cult members don't care. They're just going to continue to support this this crazy bullshit. But Kevin McCarthy can't get to 218. And if Kevin McCarthy can't get to 218, there's nobody. There's nobody that can get them to 218. The the only thing I threw out there one time, and I know it's a long shot, and I don't know if the Democrats would actually do that. You know, if they're at 222, and what do the the Democrats have, like 212, 213, 214, something like right, that? Right, right. Mm-hmm. What if the Democrats just go to take some relatively reasonable Republican and said, listen, man, we'll give you 213 votes. You get five, and now you're Speaker of the House. Fuck Kevin McCarthy. Fuck um, um, the MAGA fucks. I would love to see them do that. I don't know that they will, but Republicans have a lot of problems. It's been a hundred years since, since uh speaker of the house hasn't been voted on the first ballot. Um, so if they don't do it and it goes two, three, four ballots, it's, it's going to be embarrassing for them. And I, I have to wonder about MAGA is are the MAGA people really just trying to get McCarthy out of there or are they trying to, get control of McCarthy. We'll vote for you, but we got to have all the control because that's really what MAGA wants. Well, more than that, 
the deep seated problem of the Republican Party is showing in this Speaker House vote. And and the deep seated problem is they cannot govern. They, they oh, just yeah. absolutely are incapable. And, and, and what I mean by that is the one <laughs> the one thing that makes Nancy Pelosi one of the most effective speakers have, other than she's Trump's kryptonite. Right. 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 Um, the one thing that makes her the most effective speaker of the House in modern history, really. Um, it, well, other than she's just a fucking fighter. But she she knows she has to have the votes. OK. And she knows where to get the votes and how to get the votes. The reason why Joe Biden okay, is such an effective president is because he knows he has to have the votes and where to get them. Right. He was right. in the Senate for years. He knew how to, he knows how to whip votes. Nancy Pelosi knows how to whip votes. That's why they're so effective in legislating and being lawmakers and policymakers. Now, if you look at what is happening right now with Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans, if Kevin McCarthy can't whip the votes for himself to even be speaker yeah. or anyone else, how in the fuck are they going to whip votes to get anything done on the floor? They're not They're They are showing right now in this moment that they are absolutely inept to govern. I mean, if if we were in normal times where the where journalists were pointing out things in a normal way, like, in, in other words, hey, the Republicans aren't actually a party. They're not. They're not a party. And 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 somehow every time the Republicans are in disarray, it's why are the Democrat? How are the Democrats going to lose because of it? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. The Democrats are all together. Didn't you watch what happened in the 2022 midterms? The, the, the Democratic coalition, whether they identify or Democrats or not, are together. And, and you know, to focus on that is is their prerogative. But you watch Kevin McCarthy can't even in this moment, weeks before. He's supposed to be the Speaker of the House, cannot whip the votes or anyone else. Andy Biggs or anyone else cannot whip the 218 that they need to be the Speaker, which means, Mike, they absolutely will not be able to govern and they will not be able to whip votes. So the only thing they have, and this is they know this, they know this to their absolute core that they're inept and they cannot govern because they don't want to. That's why they go to the Hunter Biden's laptop shit. That's the only cudgel they absolutely have is we'll control the committees and we can do that. We we can yell and scream into microphones. That's what they're you know, that's what they're doing. We'll yell and scream. We definitely won't be able to bring anything to the floor to vote. There's no way they're going to get anything to the floor to vote because Kevin McCarthy, I would imagine he he brings almost zero things to the floor if he becomes speaker. And the reason why he brings almost zero things to the floor is because he will be embarrassed every fucking time because he will lose those votes. And that is one thing a speaker cannot do is lose the votes. The other thing, if Kevin McCarthy is the speaker, he will not be speaker very long. Here's what I suspect happens. If Kevin McCarthy becomes speaker and gets 218, it's because he has given away the uh, um, the ability for them for vote for no confidence. Right. Right. When Paul I don't know if you remember this, but Paul Ryan became speaker, um, not really of his own will. It kind of forced him. And Paul Ryan's like, well, if I'm going to be speaker, you cannot vote me out for no confidence. Right. So in the Republican caucus right now, in the bylaws in the House, the Republican caucus cannot vote out their speaker. They cannot bring that to the floor. Once you're the speaker, you're the speaker for the term. They can't do that. Um, but Kevin McCarthy is going to trade that away to become speaker. 
right? So they're going to be able to vote him out now. He's going to trade that away so he can get to 18. And I believe what's going to happen because we're going to have a government shutdown in September. They're going to get this CR through. They're going to fund the government. They're going to kick the can till September and before the September recess. And the Republicans plan is this. We will let Kevin McCarthy be the Speaker of the House from now until September. And then when we can't get a CR and we can't get a budget and the government shuts down, guess who they're going to blame? Guess who? Because Democrats are going to blame it on Republicans and Kevin McCarthy. Sure. But guess who the Republicans are going to blame it on? Who? Kevin McCarthy. Yeah. Kevin McCarthy. So that's where they'll vote him out. And by that moment, that buys them another nine months to try to find someone to unify around, maybe get their fucking caucus in order because they absolutely, they absolutely cannot whip votes. They will not get anything done for nine months. They definitely will shut down the government in September. A hundred percent. I believe that because they can't, they can't even get to 218 for the speaker. How the hell are they going to agree on, on even a continuing resolution to keep our government open when what they really want to do is shut down government because they're morons. But, this is the Republican Party that we live with. And when you vote these fucking idiots in, this is the government you get, which is none. Right. Well, do you think it's conceivable? I mean, the question is, how many MAGA supporters are there in the Republican Party in the House of Representatives? We know there are people that are trying to step away from that MAGA shit because they understand that it's a loser to them. They saw that in the midterms. Um, is it conceivable that 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 some Republicans— um, will want to maybe negotiate with the Democrats, maybe compromise with the Democrats to show they can get something actually done. I mean, MAGA's just out of their fucking minds. They they couldn't get reelected in 2024 to save their soul. But the Republicans that are trying to step away from it, trying to be uh, to look more normal, is it conceivable that they might be in a position to actually compromise for, with the Democrats and maybe get some no. things done? Well, we but we kind of nope. saw that with uh, well, yeah, the same sex that, marriage. Yeah, well, that that is under a Nancy Pelosi Congress. That is sure. under Nancy Pelosi being a speaker. Um, and that, that is roughly the three dozen, three or four dozen, you know, depending on which bill it's going to be, three or four dozen Republicans who, who are representing districts where Biden won and Biden will win in 2024. Right. Um, cause, cause that is one thing I want to tell everyone out there for messaging and narrative. Um, because I, I try to do that on my show every single day is to give you the messaging and narrative and I don't hide it. I'm like, politicize the shit out of this, politicize the shit out of that. This is how we make politics. This is how we're going to win elections. Listen to me when I tell you this, Joe Biden will be the democratic nominee. You really? do not have to worry. You do not have to worry about who the democratic nominee. There is not going to be a challenge to the most effective democratic president and, and almost in our, in our modern history. He is one of the most effective. And the reason why is because the guy fundamentally understands how our system of government works. He's been in it for a long time. He was a United States senator. Again, he's one of the best presidents ever at whipping votes. This is one thing that Obama failed at. That's why he had Joe Biden at his side in his presidency is because you have to know how if you get the votes. Listen, it is a democracy. It is a republic. It is a democratic constitutional republic. And without those votes... You will not get any policy 
done. Joe Biden understands that. That's why he's so confident. He really does not get too perturbed about things. Now, the reason why you see the same-sex marriage vote is because they're really trying to jam in as much stuff as they possibly can. They knew they could win that vote. They knew they needed something um, to make sure that that um, the Supreme Court really didn't axe up certain things. So they wanted to codify that. And I, and I, I, I wish they could codify Roe, but they just don't have the votes. They don't have the, the, the Republican votes in the Senate to do that. Um, they did have, they got to 61 on codifying, uh, the same sex marriage and interracial marriage. And it was an easy throw to the House. That's why they started in the Senate. Um, it was an easy throw to the House to get to the president's desk. I think we had 39 Republicans, which is sad that only 39 Republicans were like, yeah, you know, if if you love somebody, marry them, right? Like, how in the fuck is this? We're in 2022, and we've only got 39 people in the Republican Party. And really, it's politics anyways, because they're in districts that Biden won, and Biden's going to win. So they need that vote on their record that they voted to codify that, because they're going to go brag about that in those districts as Biden's winning those districts. So Right, right. Um, you, but this I, new Congress, but this new Congress, I, I, real quick on your question. On this new Congress, you will not see that same thing. Um, Is that because uh, McCarthy just won't bring it to the floor? Well, well, it's because they control him, right? She right. have to remember Nancy Pelosi controls her caucus, right? She has really good control of her caucus, and that is why she's a very effective speaker. Um, Hakeem Jeffries, as the minority leader, will have good control of his caucus, right? That is that is the sign of a good leader. Kevin McCarthy is going to trade away all control just to hold the title. So what that means is he's not actually the speaker. His caucus is the speaker, which really puts him in a tough position uh, when it comes to, I don't know, governing. And that's why they suck at this. That's for no more reason than they just can not govern is the reason why you should not put them in government. This is like. Uh, I don't know. Let, let's just say you got um, highways to build in this country and you and you get to elect the people that are building the highways and you elect the people who absolutely have no fucking clue what they're doing, building highways. And not only do they not know that they they go and they destroy highways and bridges and then they're just like, man, it sound, looks good to me. And they don't have any plan to rebuild them back. That is literally what the Republican Party is in this country. And that's the reason why. Is because fundamentally they walked away from democracy a long time ago. You remember when Mitch McConnell won the Senate in 2010, he became the majority leader in the Senate and he sat down for an interview and he said, our number one goal, our number one goal is to make sure Barack Obama is not a two term president in right. that moment. In that moment, the and, and Mitch McConnell, I don't know if he knows this. Hey, Mitch, if you're listening, you absolutely destroyed your chances at ever fucking understanding and governing ever again because their entire their entire media apparatus their entire political apparatus has nothing to do with governing or policy nothing it's all about getting elected like you said power well it's really all about owning the libtards you know their 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 strategy to win is to make the democrats look bad which is a bad strategy and it was proved proven out during the midterms, you've got to actually do something. You were put there to benefit the country and benefit the people of the country. And when you do nothing, you know, you scream and cry about uh, 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 inflation and gas prices. And then when you get the power, you you start talking about how you're going to do these crazy, uh, these, these these 
crazy investigations. I think this is this is where the MAGA people are fucking up. They're trying to blame everything on 2022, the midterm elections on Donald Trump. And it's not just Donald Trump. It's all the crazy shit they did and all the stuff they didn't do that also worked against him, overturning Roe v. Wade, marginalizing LGBTQ, suppressing votes, doing these crazy conspiracy theories. Those things, as much as Donald Trump, were the reason they lost the midterms. But they want to place it all on Donald Trump. Now, Donald Trump, <laughs> this is crazy. Kevin McCarthy wants to be Speaker of the House. Now Donald Trump is endorsing him, which I don't think is really that big of a help to McCarthy, but I think that Donald Trump feels like McCarthy would be his only friend in the in the House of Representatives, and he needs somebody with all this shit ready to fall down on him. But it's a weird thing. These MAGA people even seem to have stepped away from Donald Trump. That's how fickle they are. They're only worried about power. They jumped on Donald Trump's bandwagon because they thought they could get votes and money. And now when that looks like that's not working, they're going to splinter off in their own little fucking cult and do the same stuff they've been doing, but disregarding Donald Trump. Having Donald Trump support McCarthy, I don't think that's a real benefit to him coming up to this election on January 3rd. I I think that it's him trading away, right? So Donald Trump saying, look, I can get you the five votes that you need. Because that's really the the votes that McCarthy needs. He needs about five or six votes, right? Um, to get to to get to two eighteen, and Donald Trump and, and and Kevin McCarthy may be playing his last card here, uh, not his Trump trading card. His last uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> his we'll last card here. Maybe maybe he had to buy a few trading cards to to make this deal. No but doubt. I I think what what Kevin McCarthy is betting on by Trump getting Trump to endorse him as Speaker is that. Kevin McCarthy is going to be Trump's little bitch. Um, He's going to he be has, somebody's little bitch. He's either going to be Trump's or Marjorie Taylor Greene's little bitch. But make no mistake, Kevin McCarthy, if he is Speaker of the House, he's going to be somebody's little bitch. Well, he he always has been. Yeah. Um. So why should we ever think differently of Kevin McCarthy that he wouldn't be? So I I think I think by the Cheeto Dust QAnoner uh, endorsing Kevin McCarthy. Now this is and really. You know, a lot of people want to make Donald Trump and what he's doing now a big danger to our democracy. But I actually believe that there is no better um, endorsement of why we do democracy than Donald fucking Trump. I mean, just absolutely says the quiet part out loud. Absolutely will not shut his fucking mouth. He will not stop acting like a clown. This Trump trading card thing is just a beautiful gift to our democracy. Oh, it really he, is. Yeah. Oh, he absolutely gave, cause, cause here's the thing. Um, Republicans have always been really good at mocking. You know, you said own the libtards, you know, yeah. that's all that is, is mocking. And, and they do a good job because liberals really sometimes they, they get their undies in a bundle over stupid shit and they look ridiculous. And Republicans have always been really good at, you know, making mountains out of molehills when, when, liberals do really stupid things right but donald trump the other day decided that it was a good idea to tell the entire world mainly his base that there's going to be a major announcement 
And something about a superhero, it looked like a QAnon thing, to be quite honest. Really? No, like, I agree with you. Yeah, it did. The, the scissor reel looked like a QAnon thing. So they were like, oh, is he going to pick Carrie Lake? Is he going to announce that he's going to be the speaker? Is it all kinds of stupid ass shit? And of course, the media bought into this, right? And you knew just by the fucking sizzle reel that this was going to be, you know, it was going to be a nothing burger. And, and it did. It went over like a wet fart in a white thong. I mean, it was an absolute shit show. And here's, and here's the absolute crazy thing. And I've said this on my show a couple of times. If you look at former presidents and what they've done in their post presidency, you have, um, well, you have a couple artists. You got, uh, George W. Bush loves to paint and he keeps his mouth shut even when fascists are at the front door. Um, but he, but he paints, right? Yeah. Barack Obama, he's an artist. He's been making documentaries, beautiful documentaries that are very popular, thousands, millions of views. You have, you, you have Bill Clinton who started the Clinton Foundation, right? And then, of course, Obama and Bush have foundations, too. But the Clinton Foundation gave money all around the world. I mean, millions, hundreds of millions of dollars all around the world in charity. And then you go far back, another presence that's alive, Jimmy Carter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Jimmy Carter, Jimmy Carter started Habitat for Humanity, where he built houses for people who could not afford them with his bare fucking hands. He's his still bare doing hands. it. He's 127 he, years old. He's still right. doing it. Right. He goes and he uses his bare hands to build these houses. Think about that for a second in the context of how the American people view a former president. And Donald Trump the other day announced to his fucking his supporters that there's going to and he did it to his supporters because he was grifting them. Right. And this is all a money laundering scheme, I think. Um, And I, I, we can get into that if you want to know my yeah. opinion. But yeah, here's I, the thing. He did this major announcement. And it, and again, it was such a fucking joke. Everything about it is a joke. Everything about it is mockable. And if anyone out there says the word is having a conversation with anyone anywhere about Trump and not bringing up these fucking stupid trading cards, you're not doing democracy right. And he absolutely in that moment lost the 2024 election. He's going to get the nomination. I believe he's going to be the nominee for 2024, believe it or not. I actually believe that. But he lost He lost the election in that moment. That is the one piece of mockery that this country absolutely will not tolerate. We will mock the shit out of him, and he will lose because of it. Yeah. I. What he did that was so egregious was he disappointed and embarrassed his MAGA cult. They've been waiting for two years for this magical moment when he right. would expose how he was playing 3D chess and how he <laughs> was going to get back into the, uh, the the Oval Office. And instead, he comes out with a fucking grift. Now, I've heard other people say that this is a money laundering thing. And, and I have to say, this wasn't my original idea. But when I heard this, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, another guy on TikTok, I don't even remember his name. Uh, but, but anyway, he pointed this out. He said, and I'll tell you why I, what I think he actually did. Cause I think we give him too much credit for brains. Uh, but this guy in TikTok was saying money laundering doesn't make any sense. I mean, his, his company is essentially shut down. All his money is tied up. He's cash poor right now. Who in their right mind would have Donald Trump 
do the money laundering. And somebody would say, Russia. Well, Russia can't because Russia can't move fucking money around the world anymore because of the Ukrainian war and all the sanctions. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I think happened with these things. He is hemorrhaging money. He needs money. And everything that Donald Trump has done in the past 20 years, he doesn't build anything anymore. He doesn't manufacture anything anymore. He basically licenses his name to some bullshit. He licenses his name to Russians who build buildings. He, he licenses his name to people who sell steaks or, or whatever. And I think what happened here is somebody came to him, and it's turning out, we're finding out that this company behind these NFTs is kind of a a, a, a low-level company, a questionable, unethical company. They basically come to him and said, hey, Donald, we're going to make you look like a superhero, and we're going to sell these things. All we have to do is have you do a commercial, and we'll give you this much for doing it. And the two things that Donald Trump loved the most is people making him look good in his mind and also giving him money. And so he signs on to this thing and it is an absolute bust. We're finding out a lot about this. The company that's behind it is a fucking brick house someplace in Pennsylvania or something. And and they've worked with some crazy people. But the recent revelation that I talked about in the podcast yesterday was as they're looking at these pictures. Now, NFTs are supposed to be original pictures that you own the complete rights to. But what they're finding out is when they look at pictures like with him with the tux or in the cowboy outfit or whatever, it appears as though they've stolen stock pictures out of catalogs or online sites of lower level uh, uh, clothing sellers. You can see it because the hands are exactly in the same position. They, they've been touched up a little bit, but it looks like they may have stolen some stock pictures and stuck Donald Trump's face on it. This is another example of Donald Trump doing something half-assed and trying to win. I I don't think it's money laundering. I don't think he thinks that deeply into it. I think some guy said, oh, you're the greatest ever. We'll give you some money if you just say say something about it. And he fucking did it. I, I think we give Donald Trump too much credit. He's really not that smart. Do you want to know where the money laundering is? Sure, please. I, I okay, don't know. So, I'm just going by. No, 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 no. I Because I, uh, here's. Here's my thought and, and the research that I've done on it. Cause um, the day that it released me, <laughs> me and my co-host and you can go to our YouTube channel, just go to Tony Michaels uh, podcast, just type in Tony Michaels podcast on YouTube and you'll find it as you can subscribe there. But we did an episode on the trading cards the day that they dropped. Right. And he dropped these things like, I don't know, a half hour before my show. I'm like, Oh, you gave me a gift yeah. here. And what we did on the show is we actually went to the website. On, live on the show to figure out how you could actually get in the sweepstakes because that was our interest. And we started that process, but when we started looking into it, the NFT company that that this this questionable company that you said, right? Yeah. Yeah. It has the address is one of the same addresses that the Palm Beach Golf Resort has that really? they use. So here's where the money laundering is. Because you're right. Trump, Trump cannot move his money right now right so he, he he needs to he doesn't need to get money he needs to hide money is what he needs to do so here's what i believe could be happening i believe that this nft company is actually him and him is licensing his name to himself remember you said he licensed it to russians and all this right and they would always do the laundering right 
Right. Well, he wants a piece of that action. Oh, he wants okay. a piece of that action. Now, the other day there was a big announcement, and and the MAGA, the MAGA Trumpletites will not stop talking about this. That he sold forty five thousand of these things in twelve hours. I don't. Not that. only did he sell forty five thousand, that he made four and a half million bucks, right, at ninety nine bucks piece. Here's what I believe happened. I believe several thousand, maybe, maybe I could even say ten to fifteen thousand dipshits out there went and actually were excited to buy these things, right? Yeah. Probably not even half of them figured out how to open their wallet to figure out how to get these things, <laughs> right? Because you have to set up a digital wallet to buy these things, which basically makes these NFTs that quote unquote have value held up in their fucking universe, right? With their crypto, you know, blockchain, whatever fuck it is. But here's the thing. My guess is if we can get some sunlight on this, that Trump in his other grifts of his supporters, his super PAC or his PAC or his political organization, I bet they bought the majority of these NFTs. Now, do you see how that works? So he's got to figure out a way to get the money out of his hands, right? And then back into his hands. So the best way to get the money out of your hands, especially your supporters' money, is to say, you know what? My supporters would love if these NFT, we want to own these properties, right? These NFT properties, they'll be valuable inside of our organization, our political organization. So I'm going to use the money that I grifted off my supporters and I'm going to go buy 35,000 of these NFTs. And then they'll, and then 10,000 will sell and we'll sell out in 12 hours. But what that does is it puts that money in that cycle, right? That laundry cycle, right? Right. Um, to put it back in his personal pocket, because this th- the thing about this Trump card thing is it is not tied to his political organizations. It is right. not. And that and that is indication that Donald Trump is trying to hide money and and funnel it back to himself in a legitimate way. So I think that's actually where the money if there is money laundering. Now, again, we need sunlight on this. We need to know who actually and what chunks were these NFT bought? And if there are big chunks of NFTs that were bought, who bought them? Right? right. Who bought these NFTs? And if and and then who owns the NFT company? Who's the actual owner of that NFT company? Like who 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 is the person who owns that? Where does that ownership fall for? Um, and then what is the licensing agreement that Trump licensed his name? Because if the case is is that Trump owns the nft company and he licensed his name to himself through that company which he could he could legally do there's nothing wrong with that um but if he's using his 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 grifted money from his supporters already to juice the wheels and buy that buy those nfts but in that way moving money from his political organization to this private private company which benefits him uh, personally that is how the washing machine would work. So it looks very suspicious. Um, it's very mockable. It's going to be the gift that keeps on giving. I'm oh. absolutely sure of it. Uh, just like the documents case is is a gift that keeps on giving, um, which you know we can get into the documents in January six and more, you know, substantive Yo. um, um, subjects here. But I'm telling you, folks out there in the audience. This this fucking Trump trading card thing is gonna be is gonna be absolute an absolute political gold mine as far as us politicizing because again Mike I believe that Trump will be the nominee. 
I don't. I don't think he'll be allowed to do it. I think he will be legally precluded from being the candidate. I just, who, I just, who will preclude, who will preclude him from being the Republican nominee? Well, if he, um, if he gets indicted on any number of these charges, part of the deal, if he gets convicted of any of these charges, like the insurrection thing, there are specifics in that punishment that don't allow, allow him to run for office again or the, or the uh, presidential records act. If he gets convicted of that, which is a pretty minor thing, he can't run again. He can't legally run again. Well, I, I believe that's true after 2024. That is true. They will 14th him. A lot of states will 14th him. He will not be able to appear on a ballot after 2024. But that is why he had to run now um, because of the timeline of indictments. He knows he's getting going to get federally indicted, which um, would be a death blow to anyone else. But to him, it's going to be a badge of honor to these morons. And it's just going to be a badge of honor. And really, he's going to take it and run with it. Um, and he's probably going to win. Now, it, that nomination. Now, here's here's the thing that I think um, his his presidential campaign is about. It's not about fending off indictments. He was long. He's been long past fending off indictments. Yeah, I believe what it is, is to not have a trial before 2024, because if you really play out the timeline, if you think about like um, Stuart Rhodes and the Oath Keepers, you know, they were they were convicted just just in the last couple of weeks. All right. They were the jury found them guilty on several charges. Um, one of them condi- uh, seditious conspiracy. Now, if you look at the timeline on that, that's almost two years, right? Right. Well, if Donald Trump doesn't get indicted until January, February, which I believe that's probably the appropriate timeline, January, February is when we'll see some of these federal indictments drop on him. It's going to be almost it's it's going to be almost a year before that point before they're ready for a trial. Now, think about where we'll be in a year from from January, February. We'll be we'll be in the throes of Republican um, nominate or Republican Party primaries. Right. And that's the most important part that people need to get their head wrapped around is that the election that Donald Trump is running in, he's not running against Joe Biden. He's going to be running against whoever's going to challenge him. Maybe Ron DeSantis, maybe Larry Hogan, maybe Brian Kemp, whoever this may be. Now, Trump's goal here is to get in front of a federal judge before the the Republican um, National Committee, where he may be the nominee because he's put together uh, uh, the delegates. And his goal is to get in front of a federal judge and say, hey, judge, you can't you can't put me on trial here. I you I I have these delegates. And I believe, Mike, I truly believe that a federal judge in that moment, right before the Republican National Committee happens, he's got delegates in his pockets. He could be the nominee. I believe that federal judge will not allow a trial until after the 2024 election. So I believe this is what will happen. I don't think Ron DeSantis can beat Donald Trump in in, in these primaries. He won't. Ted Cruz won't. Brian Kemp won't. Larry Hogan won't. The list goes on and on and on. They are not going to beat him because he is willing to go to any length and say anything he has to to win these things. And you got to remember, these are Republican primaries. These aren't general elections. Right, right. Now, if he is successful, if if he truly is successful at kicking that can and kicking that trial, 
then he will be on the ballot in a lot of states. Now, that's why I believe that the select committee is is doing these criminal referrals is because what they're hoping is, is that enough states will take those criminal referrals and actually 14th him inside the states, right. which means that he won't he won't be able to appear on a ballot in those states, which means he won't be president. But the Republicans are dumb enough still to elect him. They, they as their nominee, they truly are that dumb. They're they're just entrenched in this idea that they can subvert elections. Let me let me let me give you another scenario on that. Yeah, NFT go ahead. Thing, go ahead. That mm-hmm. NFT thing. We're going yeah, to go take a, we're going to take a break here in a minute. Um, I understand what you said about the NFT thing and what's coming up in 2024. Um, and it and it makes sense. It makes sense, and it could seriously, I I, I could concur with a lot of what you said because I could see that angle. Uh, but that's presuming Donald Trump has any support, and that's presuming that Donald Trump is 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 smart. Let me give you another scenario based on Donald Trump being dumb when it comes to the NFTs. He put this out thinking it's going to be a big deal, that it's going to take off and make him the superhero and do all that stuff. But the moment it comes out, the Democrats laugh at him, the Republicans admonish him, and now he's embarrassed. In the mind of a narcissist, <laughs> and we're just talking about a singular guy because the people around him aren't even really feeling him that much. In the mind of a narcissist, what do you do when you're embarrassed about something? Well, you double down on it. If you assume he's dumb and he continually fails, <laughs> what I think happened was he came out, thought it was going to be a big deal, fails again. So to save face, he says, oh, yeah, they're all sold out. I find it hard to imagine that they are all sold out, that there's enough Trumplefux willing to pay a hundred bucks and do it through, uh, through cryptocurrency and figure all that stuff out. There's no way that happened in 24 hours. I think Donald Trump just doubled down and said, Oh, they're all sold out. See what a fucking genius I am. All you people laughing at me were foolish because I'm the smart one. I'm the superstar. That's not giving Donald Trump much credit. And it's because he doesn't deserve much credit. He fails all the time. He is clearly a stupid man. Um, and I think sometimes we get caught up in giving him too much credit for being smart. He's a bully. And it's when bullies bullies bully people and, 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 and people allow him to do it, that's how he gets over on people, by lying, bullshitting, pushing, threatening, uh, blackmailing, and all that stuff. I think the NFT thing could be, you might be right about what you're saying, but I think it could be just another fucking con like everything else he's ever done. Well, there is one thing for sure. The major announcement that he had is that he is a total fucking <laughs> pathetic loser. That was the major announcement. He yeah, is a total know. pathetic fucking loser. So, I mean, I, I can't disagree with you there. Um, you know, and I, and I don't know if, uh, you know, his schemes have gotten half-assed now that more people are walking away from him or not. Um, and I, and I guess we'll see, you know, prosecutors aren't going to stop sniffing this guy's ass. I no. mean, they are, that's one thing that Donald Trump fundamentally does not understand. And you can tell by his absolute unhinged and deranged post on, on fraud social, his, his social media uh, platform is that he absolutely does not understand that they they are not going to go away. No. Like they're not going to go away. So 
Well, Tony, I'm going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about the big news, the elephant in the room. So just hold on. We'll be right back. We are back on the Rational Boomer podcast. Our guest today is Tony Michaels from the Tony Michaels podcast. He's been on before. Very informative, very knowledgeable, very articulate guy. And uh, after talking to some of the Trumple fucks I've had on here, <laughs> Tony's a welcome relief. Um, now, Tony, the thing we haven't talked about is yet, this, this, this show right now is being recorded on Sunday, as you mentioned. It's going to be released on early Monday morning, this morning, as you're listening to it. And it's going to be prior to the big hearing that uh, the J6 committee will have, 1 o'clock Eastern, uh, noon Central. And I don't know how it goes beyond that, but it's going to be in the middle of the day. And we're going to have this hearing. Now, I want folks that are listening to the Rational Boomer podcast knowing know that you're doing something with your podcast that's kind of kind of tied to this whole thing. So why don't you let us know what's going on so after they hear this show, they can kind of follow along with what was going on when you're doing your show. Then afterwards, I'll talk about what already happened. So go ahead. Tell us what you got going so so people can participate. Yeah, so we actually produced um, all the January 6th select hearings for my, the Midas Touch Network. Um, our show did. Me and my co-host and executive producer, Gabe Sanchez. This will be the 10th one. It'll be the final one. Um, now, we have some insight because we produce these hearings. So we're, we're suspecting that this hearing is going to be about an hour long today. Okay. Um, what w- Every single member of the committee will speak in this, in this final hearing. Um, this final hearing is going to be for the criminal referrals. We actually weren't sure if we were going to get this hearing. Um, it really were, was hinged on who actually was going to g- gain control of the House, whether it would remain in the hands of the Democrats or, or uh, the Republicans would. That is why they're doing this in such haste here at the end. They're trying to get this report released, um, the final report, which is another piece of business that they'll be um, voting on. Uh, in in today's hearing. So here's exactly what we'll be doing. I'll be airing the coverage. We'll have an hour before, which it'll start at noon Eastern. And then at one Eastern, the hearings will start and they'll probably start very promptly at one Eastern because Benny Thompson is a no nonsense guy. And he's he's very um, concerned about being on time. <laughs> the guy just um, is absolutely no nonsense. So what I suspect what I expect from this hearing uh, on our channel, you can go to the Tony Michaels podcast. You can follow us on YouTube. Uh, we'll be producing it for the Midas Touch Network, and you can watch the full coverage there. We'll have um, commentary an hour before the hearing, which, again, I expect it to be about an hour, and then we'll do commentary after. You'll hear from people at the Midas Touch Network like Texas Paul, uh, possibly Lee McGowan, Politics Girl, maybe Michael Cohen um, from Maya Culpa Podcast. Um, we'll definitely have Dr. Rachel Bittekoffer, David Bender, and Michael Popak, Karen Ignipolo, and Ben Mizellis from the Legal AF, which will be very important um, analysis from attorneys because this is about the rec- criminal referrals of Donald Trump more than anything. We're going to get a few surprises, I believe, Mike, out of this hearing. And what I mean by that is I think you're going to hear um, members of Congress being given criminal referrals, but we've already confirmed that there's going to be three uh, criminal referrals for Donald Trump. And I think I think um, in, in pure January 6th select committee style, it will be Liz Cheney reading off the charges for Donald Trump. 
um, to be voted on. So that's what we're going to see. So come over and subscribe to the Tony Michaels podcast. If you, if you didn't catch it live, you'll be able to find hearing 10. It'll be day 10. It'll be the criminal referrals. Um, we've got the thumbnail up. It's over there right now. You can go to the Tony Michaels podcast on YouTube and you can find it there. You'll be able to watch live or you can watch the coverage afterwards. Um, if you want to do that, but it's, it's gonna, it's, it's gonna be, um, it's going to be the result that I think most Americans were looking for out of the January 6th select committee, Mike. This is the, this is the ultimate best they can do to punish, um, folks for the evidence that they've collected and the story that they told the country of what happened on January 6th. I encourage folks to check it out. I'm going to be checking it out because, uh, as Tony said, there's a lot of people that know a lot of things and they're going to have some interesting insights as well as the, uh, the, 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 the hearing itself. Do you think we're going to get some evidence too? It sounds like there's going to be some evidence exposed that we haven't heard as yet. Um, that's a possibility. Um, again, we're going to have each member of the committee speaking. Um, so my guess is, is each, um, again, Vinnie Thompson is no nonsense. That's why these committees have been so well produced because they didn't want haphazard. They didn't want, you know, just, um, um, un, un, you know, they, they didn't want it to unravel. The story right. to unravel. They wanted right. to make sure that the evidence they collected, they told the proper story to the American people in as few hearings as they possibly could. And I think they've done a great job of that. And I think it'll continue here. So my my imagination runs wild with this, but I would imagine that they're going to do kind of a recap and 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 they're going to be um, suggesting these criminal referrals as they do the recap. So what I mean by that, Mike, is they're going to kind of walk through the timeline of January 6th and each time a piece of evidence comes up and they may give a new insight into evidence that we've already seen or maybe brand new evidence. But each time that comes up, that's where that person who's going to get the criminal referral will be brought up in that storyline. Does that make sense? So they're going to try to tell the recap and really pin up each person. And I believe the crescendo is going to be Liz Cheney giving the three referrals for Donald Trump in that timeline. Um, and then they're going to vote on those criminal referrals will be the first um, action of voting. So they're actually going to do real hearing stuff. They're going to actually vote on on these measures. Um, and we've watched them do the contempt vote for criminal referral before for Steve Bannon, Peter Navarro, Mark Meadows. So we've right. watched this before. It's really fast. So that will happen very fast, and those criminal referrals will be brought before the committee. They'll go to vote, and they'll vote, and then bang, it'll be handed off to Nancy Pelosi to bring to the floor at that point. The other thing that they're going uh, to vote on, uh, what we're hearing, is that Wednesday, the full report is going to drop. Um, They're not going to hold a hearing to drop that vote. I believe today's hearing, what they will do is they will vote for the particulars of of the final report. They will vote that into a final measure, and then it will probably abruptly close um, the hearing. Once they do that vote, Benny Thompson will adjourn because that is the final mark of their business for this select committee. Right. Um, there's not going to be any business beyond the the, um, the criminal referrals and the report. That'll be it. You you mentioned something that kind of piqued my interest. I think mm-hmm. it's a foregone conclusion that Donald Trump is going to get a criminal uh, referral. 
we might see Mark Meadows, we might see Giuliani, we might see Ginny Thomas, those sorts of things. But mm-hmm. I've been kind of concerned because nobody's really said much about it, but you just did regarding the sitting members of Congress. Clearly, yeah. there were some sitting members of Congress that were part and parcel to this whole thing. So you you believe that sitting members of Congress, the Jim Jordans, the Paul Gozars, the Marjorie Taylor Greens, or whoever it is, you think they're going to get criminal referrals too? It, it is a possibility. I mean, we've seen one member of Congress that is probably at, that is most exposed to uh, criminal liability than anyone is Scott Perry. Um, yep. He's actually had his phone seized. Um, he's tied to the state elector scheme with uh, Jeffrey Clark and John Eastman. Um, so um, that that and that story is developing. But you have to remember that these referrals probably are not going to all be criminal to the Department of Justice. Some of these referrals can be to the ethics committee of the house now the problem with that is that you would have to expect that republicans are going to take up these referrals in the next congress and actually do something about it and do an actual investigation as opposed to some sham investigation with a cock committee i call it cock committee here with the hunter biden laptop hunter biden dick pics yeah Yeah. Uh, on my show we we mock it um so the sham investigations are going to be their priority not a real investigation into ethics of a member of congress so I definitely believe there's a possibility that we will see criminal referrals for members of Congress. But I I would almost bet that it is more likely that we see if there's a list of members of Congress that was involved in the Cheeto dust kangaroo coup, as I call it. um, If they were involved in that process, they will more likely receive an ethics referral uh, to the ethics committee more than a criminal to the DOJ. But Scott Perry is at great um, at great, great risk. And has has seems to have from the stories we've seen in reporting uh, a very high liability of criminality. Let me let me ask you this. Now, we get these criminal referrals. They aren't indictments. They aren't even guaranteeing indictments. But Republicans are are, are very, very concerned about perception and, and messaging and all that sort of stuff. What do you think is going to happen after they make these criminal referrals? In my mind. The Republicans, the Donald Trumps and everybody involved are going to be so upset. It's going to be a a glorious and beautiful shit show amongst the Republicans. They're going to be screaming like stuck pigs. Well, I think that's the point, because these criminal DOJ doesn't need these criminal referrals. No, no. I I want everyone to understand that for DOJ to prosecute this case, they absolutely January 6th Select Committee didn't even have to exist. And here's here's the main reason why. Um, it is why Merrick Garland appointed a special counsel. Okay. Right. A lot of people, um, have been very tough on Merrick Garland. I don't agree. I, I agree. We should be tough on Merrick Garland, but my view is, is that Merrick Garland has had Donald Trump and the Republicans underneath his microscope for January 6th this entire time. The other reason why I think it's so important that we not take too much stock in what happens with the criminal referrals from Congress to DOJ is in, in because it, it, yes, it may produce some charges, but what you have to remember is there's a grand jury already in Washington, DC that is, that is under the guise of January 6th in the special counsel. And they do not have to have a criminal referral for the evidence that even the January 6th Select Committee collects and gives to the Department of Justice. Right. That is enough of a referral enough that they give them evidence. They don't need a formal vote. So I want everyone to understand that. 
the most important thing about Trump's Trump's accountability here is the, the public accountability from the legislative branch of government to give criminal referrals has never happened. That has never happened in our country's history. That is historic that the 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 legislative branch of government is is referring criminal charges for the former executive. That is incredible. That, that is, is historic. Right. That, I mean, um, we may hopefully hopefully we don't, but we may never see that again in our country. This is something that is going to happen that has never happened before. Now, the most important thing, though, for his accountability is Jack Smith. And when Merrick Garland appointed the special counsel and gave him authority, not just of the documents case, but of January 6th, it led me to believe that not only is Jack Smith going to underturn every fucking rock he can for January 6th, but absolutely the documents case, the Department of Justice has, Justice has determined that that has everything to do with January 6th. Those two cases are not two different cases. Those are the same case. Yeah. And, 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 and it goes to his motive and what documents he stole from our government and what he is hiding um, from the American people and our government. Because as you know, if you watch the January 6th select hearings, which I have covered every single one of them for the Midas Touch Network, and again, they're all out there to see, is that they requested evidence or they requested records. Uh, uh, phone records and logs from the White House, and they were missing. They were gone. And this was after he had packed up a bunch of documents and took them down to Mar-a-Lago. So I want everyone to understand that I believe that the Department of Justice, by uh, especially Merrick Garland himself appointing Jack Smith as a special counsel, is not going to slow down any investigation. Is actually going to speed up the investigation. I and agree. If if it tr- if it truly is that the documents case is tied to January 6th, that is the that is the speed in which Jack Smith will move. And that is really outside of the the pomp and circumstance of the committee voting on criminal furls for Donald Trump, as historic as it is and much of a message that it sends to the country. Jack Smith is going to do the work that everyone is looking for, which is the criminal indictments and building evidence against a former president and possibly possibly the Republican nominee in 2024, um, which is absolutely insane. I think it's a place that we're going to go. And I think that's why the January 6th Select Committee is making sure that the legislative branch of our our Constitution absolutely does everything it possibly can to send a message that, hey, this guy wants to tear up our Constitution. Right. He was trying it on. It, it, not only is he posting it now, that is what he did on January 6th, Mike, is he he did exactly what he's posting now. If he wanted to terminate our constitution because it didn't fit his needs in the moment. I think, I think the J six committee had two goals. None of them were necessarily directly legal. They had two goals. Keep in mind, whenever the DOJ does something in a grand jury, it's all secret. We don't know shit about what's going on there. We don't know what kind of evidence or what kind of witnesses they have because it's secret. I think the J6 committee's job or their goals were to expose this information, this evidence, and these witnesses to the general public. Right. Uh, let them know exactly what's going on, and then that puts pressure on the DOJ 
to have to fucking do something because it's really easy if you've got all these secret secret testimony and all this stuff to set it aside or go, I don't feel comfortable about this. Now Merrick Garland, Jack Smith and the DOJ has the entire country hanging over their head. We know a lot of stuff. And if they decide to set it aside and do something else, it's going to be much harder for them to do that because we're going to be in their shit. Merrick Garland is going to have a problem. The Biden administration is going to have a problem if they look like they tried to cover anything up or just be too lazy to do anything. So, and I, and I think the J6 committee did an excellent job of it. And, and later today, when we see their report, it's going to be. A glorious shit show, as I said, for the Republicans. It's also meant to freak them out, take them off their game. They'll be scrambling around trying to cover their ass so much they won't be able to do anything else, let alone vote a fucking Speaker of the House in. Well, you'll you'll see them um, run cover for sure. I mean, um, Hunter Biden's laptop will be trending on Twitter. Um, They'll be in front of microphones talking about. Uh, Hunter Biden's laptop and all kinds of crazy shit, probably talking about uh, free speech on Twitter and just insane, ins- insane type stuff. But the most important thing that the American people can do is what the American people have already done, which is pay attention to these select committee uh, hearings and the evidence. And today is going to be the final one where you're going to see this the select committee say, hey, if we were going to hold people accountable This is who we would hold accountable. That's literally what they're going to vote on is where they think the accountability based on their evidence lies. And what about the wonderful gift that the J6 committee has given to the media and to people like you and me by posting this report and posting the attachment evidence? I mean, Tony, anytime you and I don't have a fucking anything to talk about, all we have to do is go to the website and download a couple PDFs (laughs) and we got two hours right fucking there. Well, you know, that that is that is the purpose, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. because here, here's what I'll tell you, because the Republicans always said, oh, this is a political committee. You goddamn right. It is. Hell that's yeah. what the Republic. That's what the Republicans wanted. You know, remember that the Republicans wanted this to be a political uh, committee, not a non-biased like the 9-11 uh, commission. You know, right. they didn't want that. They wanted something that they could play politics with because they thought they could win the messaging and the narrative. And we did not let them steal it away from us, folks. That is the most important part is democracy is winning. That is why they want to kill it. That is why they don't want the Constitution. That is why they do. They do not want us to vote. They do not want Gen Z to vote. They do. They hate democracy because it is a threat to their fucking beliefs. And that is why we see the rise of fascism is because they really can't get a grasp and a hold on that. We're not trying to get rid of your fucking beliefs. You're just trying to get rid of ours and we're not going to put up with it. Like that's, that's the heave in the hoe here. Um, but ultimately on January 6th and the select committee is going to show, I think today is that Donald Trump, uh, is des, was desperate to remain the president of the United States and he was willing to go to any length, absolutely any of them. And he was willing to try anything and everything. And he did try anything and everything to remain the president of the United States and it was unsuccessful. And it's because of you. It's because of the voter. Right. See if you agree with me here. I I, I kind of felt like a there was a in this country there was kind of a paradigm shift right after the midterms. I mean, all of what Donald Trump did and the fascism and all this stuff, it seemed to keep growing and growing the last couple of years. They kept getting stronger and stronger. Then when that midterm hit, 
it seems like it's going the other way. It's going to be slow going. It's going to take a while to eradicate all that shit that Donald Trump and the Trump LaFox brought into this. But at least it kind of feels like it's going the right way for once. And for six years, it didn't feel that way. Well, that's a good point. And I made this point on my show um, many times during the year uh, here is that we had not had a national election since January 6th, right? So right. we had the 2020 election and then January 6th happened. And we weren't able as a collective, as a country, to give our voice inside of a ballot box, right? We just weren't able to do that. And 2022 was our opportunity. So here's what I believe. I believe all that nonsense, the big crowds and that it was on, fascism was really on the rise and Trumpism was popular. That's all bullshit. It's all fraud. That's the biggest fraud that he has wrought on our country this entire time is that he has massive support. That is such bullshit. He, no one fucking likes that guy. There no. is no way, there is no way during the pandemic that Joe Biden, who is not, who was not the greatest presidential candidate of all time, won by almost eight million votes. There's no, I do not believe that almost 81 million people voted for Biden. Now that sounds weird, but here's what I'll say is there is a shitload of that 81 million that voted against Trump. That's why I don't believe they voted for Biden. They voted against Trump because really in, in our country, and it's the American condition sometimes, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, we do vote against things. Absolutely. And, 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 and the Republicans have always understood this. Um, the Democratic Party has always tried to be like, Oh, we want to have a heartfelt message and you vote for all these line items and bills, bills that don't exist. They're just imaginary, but they got off their ass and they realized, and it took people like me and you to yell and scream every single day, like we do, <laughs> yeah. um, to get them to realize that, Hey, this country will vote against, will vote against these fascist. In 2020 and 2022, they will vote against them. If you just point them out and show them to the world, they want the quiet part out loud anyways. Give them what they want. Let them lose. And this country will vote against them. And I believe that's what they did in the in 2020. They voted against Trump um, because they hate that motherfucker. And they voted against um, the, the fascist in 2022. We see it in Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Arizona. Um, and, and even in Georgia, which with Herschel Walker, but that's not really fascism. That was just ridiculousness. I can't even believe that that guy was. A, it, it is so sad in our state of our two party system that the Republican Party absolutely was okay with. Herschel Walker being their nominee for a fucking United States Senate seat. That is how big of a joke and how much of a downward spiral the Republicans are. I think, to be perfectly honest with you, I think the Republicans in Georgia were looking at Herschel Walker the same way the Republicans were looking at Donald Trump. I know the Trump LaFucks would like to us to believe that Donald Trump is a business and a master business genius, a mastermind and all that stuff. But for all intents and purposes, all you have to do is listen to him talk and you know he's fucking an imbecile. I think Donald Trump, for all the bad that he did, he could have done good, but he did bad. But I don't think it was all on Donald Trump. I think Donald Trump was just a useful idiot. People like him are easily manipulated. All you have to do is say, you're a good boy. God, you're a genius. Mm -hmm. And then he'll do whatever you want. I think the real evil around Donald Trump is all the people that saw him as a useful idiot and, and manipulated him to do what they wanted. Donald Trump 
Donald Trump would 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 have been the nicest guy in the world if he thought he got him votes. He would have played that fucking role. And it's the same with Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker was a useful idiot. Give him some power. He doesn't know fuck all. We'll tell him what to do, and we know how to manipulate him. And uh, now Donald Trump is losing that support system <laughs> that told him what to do, how to do it, when to do it. And now he's being left on an island by himself, and 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 he's emotionally, intellectually, unarmed, witless. And he's just going to fade away because he needs those people around him to point him in the right direction. He's not a fucking genius. Well, I hope he doesn't fade away, to be quite honest with you. He is he is the absolute um, disease that is killing the Republican Party. Uh, it is what it is, what will give us the ability to rebuild another party, um, because to rebuild another party in this country, whether it's called Republicans or not, the, the, that party has to die. Um, at yeah. this point, it has to absolutely be tossed into the waste bin. Um, and Donald Trump is doing a fantastic. That's one thing he's very good at. He is a loser. He is a path- pathetic piece of shit, but he is, oh my God, does he really know how to destroy something? I mean, everything Trump touches turns to liquid shit. Yeah. And, and I also want to tell you that I think you're absolutely, absolutely right. Um, Donald Trump may be a con man. But he's rarely the con. He's mostly mostly the mark. Right. Um, he truly is. He truly is the mark most of the time. Um, and and they just got to throw him a few dollars and put a few dollars in his pocket, and he buys it every single time. And sometimes it's compliments, you know. Um, but I truly, I truly do think that Donald Trump is not going any anywhere in the in the political conversation. Even if he gets indicted, I believe it ramps up. I believe Donald Trump gets, if you can imagine, this gets even fucking crazier when he's indicted. I believe his opponents um, will start to strike because they'll see him as weak and they will get absolutely burnt to the ground uh, by Donald Trump because he is willing to say anything. Right. Ron DeSantis is not going to risk a 2028 run for president. Okay, he's not going to risk a 2028 run for president for this 2024 when Trump's absolutely going batshit crazy and turning on the chaos machine. So and he is and Trump will turn on the chaos machine here. You can count on it. It's it's his history. We know he thinks he's going to get out of this. There is no way in my mind that I believe that Donald Trump still doesn't believe in his heart of hearts deep down inside that that fat fucking skin that he has that he's not going to get out of this. No, he truly not. believes that. Now, he's not going to get out of it, but he does not believe that he's going to pay any consequences here. He doesn't believe that. He does not. He is Donald Trump. He's never been held accountable in his entire life. He's had a silver spoon. And I believe that is one thing that anyone who runs against him will underestimate. Just like they did in 2016, they underestimated him for that nomination that he will say and do anything. Like you said, even if he's got to be the nice guy or he's got to be, you know, the next Hitler, he does not care. He will do anything. Yeah, he will do absolutely anything. And one one thing I really enjoy about Donald Trump really believing he's going to get out of this. Mm-hmm. There's there's only one thing I like about being one thing I like more than somebody being held accountable for their crimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's when they're fucking absolutely blindsided by <laughs> I fucking love that. <laughs> oh well, you know, um I don't 
I don't know exactly what a Trump trial looks like. I actually I, I can't even fathom how many charges um, he'll be federally indicted for and how many actual uh, criminal cases that he'll face, because it it's clear that it will probably be more than one case that will be brought against him. If you were paying attention to the criminal trial in the state of New York against his business um, that is in receivership, civil receivership right now right. in the state of New York, which is likely to crush him and his family's wealth. Um, it's amazing that his dad gave him over a half a billion dollars and he's fucking, you know, and that was Jesus Christ, that was 35, 40 years ago, and he is all of it is just poof up in smoke. Um, but it is a thing. Elon Musk did it. He did it. You know, they're kind of cut from the same cloth, I guess. But here's here's the point I want to make is that I don't know how many trials he'll go through. I don't know how many prison sentences he'll be given, and I don't know exactly what it looks like to incarcerate a former president. We've never done any of that before in this country. And I know it feels like, well, he should just be treated like any old person, but he's not. It doesn't matter what you want. It doesn't matter what the law says. He's not going to be treated the same. It's just not going to happen. It's going to be, he's going to be treated differently inside the system. And if you haven't been paying attention to how the documents case has been going, that's more evidence than anything. So I think the country needs to do this. We need to hold, we need to hold tight to our values. We need to hold tight to our democracy and we need to not give up and we need to keep fighting. And the messaging is exactly where we can win. We can win every battle because if we win the messaging, if we win the narrative, we'll win the votes. And if we keep winning the votes inside our democracy, it's going to keep them on their heels. Uh, Just like we were talking about earlier, Kevin McCarthy can't get to 218 because he can't get the votes. That is the main key, folks. They can't get the votes. And they do not have the majority. The majority of people do not believe the nonsense that they're fucking spewing. Just remember that. And we have to stick together on that. We have to realize that in real time and trust each other. We have to trust the coalition of pro-democracy people that that is the issue. And and that will carry us through 2024 and 2028 and beyond. I got, you, you mentioned that you, you said that Donald Trump will be the uh, uh, candidate in 2024. Yeah. Uh, here's another reason why I don't think he'll be the candidate. Mm-hmm. In 2024, he'll be 78 years old. Yeah. This fucker eats nothing but KFC and McDonald's. <laughs> He's overweight. <laughs> and in the next two years, he is going to have more pressure on him hanging over his head than almost any human bit, human being in history. I don't know if he can physically hold out till 2024. Well, and and I don't think it's actually a physical battle that he's going to fight. Um, you got to remember, um, it's now a battle for information, and he's going to win that war. And the reason why is because he's willing to make up any piece of information that he possibly can make up to win. Now, I will say, nothing would please me more than this asshole to choke on a Big Mac. I'm <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna disagree with that. Um, you know, it, more power to him shoveling down buckets of KFC. And, and, you know, absolutely inhaling McFish and, and Big Macs. I'm all for that. Whatever he wants to do to get to a coronary quicker, fine. That's fine by me. Um, but I, I really, I just believe that it's not going to be a physical battle. It's, it's, um, he already has his cult in place. He already has his apparatus in place. He's, um, he's basically, him and his allies have taken over every single part of the RNC's um, fundraising. 
Um, they can't even raise money anymore. That's one reason why Mitch McConnell couldn't give money to Senate candidates because he wasn't raising any money. Donald Trump literally is grifting every single dollar out of the Republican Party. The only thing they have going for them is the huge donor class has basically told Donald Trump to go fuck himself. But they will not tell him to go fuck himself if they they will back the winner. Yeah. These, this donor class. This that's what happened in 2016. You saw it when the NRA endorsed him and Wayne LaPierre went on stage and fucking held up the hand of Donald Trump, who said in the 1990s that we should get rid of fucking rifles in this country <laughs> and held his fucking hand up. Yeah. I mean, this is this is crazy shit to think that absolutely that the donor class will not migrate back to Donald Trump when they realize they can't win with anyone else. And the clear indication of that is every time a Republican gets on TV and someone asks them, will you vote for Donald Trump if he's the nominee? And they're like, well, I'll vote for the Republican nominee, but I don't think he'll be the nominee. And they dance around this shit. They're going to vote for him. They're going to vote for him. They're going to make him the nominee. They don't. They they fundamentally have lost their foundation in principles. They do not have principles anymore. Do not do not do not operate in 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 the idea that Republicans in this country have any fucking principle for democracy anymore. They absolutely will put him as their nominee. I hope they do, Mike. I hope they I do, do too. Because, I do too. Because nothing would please me more than for Joe Biden to absolutely fucking whip his ass again. Yeah. On the national stage and for them to lose again, because remember, they're probably going to not only will they lose the presidency again and Joe Biden will remain the president is that they will fucking lose the House. They will probably lose more Senate seats because he is a fucking loser. He's a fucking <laughs> loser and he is a goddamn dead weight to them. And they still they still placate to him because they're terrified of his chaos machine. They are terrified of it because it will rip them apart, but it's already ripping them apart. So I'm here to encourage it. So here's what I'll tell the audience. Keep drawing those wedges, right? Keep drawing the wedges in between Donald Trump and these other Republicans. Because remember, their election that he's running for is not for president of the United States is for the nominee. So keep it in that context in your mind. Remember that Ron DeSantis has to run against Trump. Trump has to run against Ron DeSantis. Right. They're not running against Joe Biden. Keep that out of your mind. It's it's only Republicans versus Republicans. And we as a pro-democracy coalition should draw the wedges between them and absolutely make them pay for every statement, every blow, every swing, every punch they land on each other. Make them pay for all of it. And the reason why is because the narrative and the messaging is so important. There is nothing more important than our message and our narrative in this country. I'm telling you, the American people like it or love it they will believe anything they're fucking told and and we have to get out in front in front of that narrative and make sure the people who do not pay attention to politics are paying attention to some degree and the best way to do that is to make fun of trump trading cards so um <laughs> make fun of trump and the other way the other way mike to do that the best way is to come listen to my show as yeah. well as the Rational Boomer podcast. Uh, you can you can catch me every single weekday, Monday through Friday, noon Eastern, eleven Central, nine Pacific on YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Um, just go to thetonymichaels.com and you can find all the you can find all the links there of where to go, or you can just just Google or go to YouTube and type in the Tony Michaels podcast, and you'll find the show. And we do it two hours every single weekday, Monday through Friday. We do it live. Yeah, you do it live. That which is. Which is yeah. interesting. Mm -hmm. That may be something. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a live radio show. Yep. 
I, I, I may end up doing something like that ultimately. That's kind of fun to do. I like doing lives, but if you're on TikTok, you mm-hmm. get taken down, so it's just not fucking worth it after yeah, a while. Well, you're the, you're the radio guy. So yeah, you know. yeah, I'm, I'm used to doing that. I it's, enjoy doing it. Um, so, so, you know, that, that's the reason why I wanted to do it live, like a radio show is because the left doesn't have a circus. Right. We need our own circus. And exactly. I, I would love to be the road. I love being the rodeo count clown. I do not have a problem with it. You know, I would love, I would love to distract and, and make you pay attention to where you need to pay attention to. And that's, that's what we try to do every weekday. Absolutely. You know, I was going to ask you, Tony, you no doubt get these same comments and I get these comments from followers, from listeners, from peers, whatever I want to call them. Um, and it just fucking angers me every time I hear them and i always respond to them i'm wondering what you do when you get these things inevitably when i'm talking about something going on with trump or the trump lafox or whatever's going on i'll get somebody come back and say oh yeah nothing's going to happen to him nothing's ever going to happen to him he's going to get away free and clear and to me it's somebody who has this uh immediate gratification necessary for them to believe anything they thought that joe biden would be inaugurated donald trump would be handcuffed and carted off to jail which was never going to happen but the fact of the matter is uh to say nothing's ever going to happen to donald trump is fucking crazy because shit's already fucking happening so how do you deal with those people though they, they piss me off every time i hear from them well i've got a phrase that i say fuck them I I mean, really, honestly, you know, again, this is why Democrats are horrible at messaging. Um, I watch and and I'll I'll criticize them on my show. I'll do it here. Like uh, the Young Turks and David Pakman, um, they're they're old, antiquated inside of the left wing messaging. Um, this defeatism shit that they do. Oh, uh, they it. believe the polls. They want to be correct. You know, they want to be absolutely right. So they're trying to, you know, um, make sure that their punditry is spot on. They're trying to use statistics and all this shit. And listen, Mike, your audience, my audience, the American people don't give two fucking shits about their stacks of t- statistics, their stacks of numbers. You do not need you do not need to talk about um, all all the fucking data when you, when you're trying to tell the American people, hey, all you guys want is just you know, not to go broke because of a medical bill. Right. You know, really, the American people just want to have a decent fucking wage. They don't want to be Elon Musk and rich and buy Twitter for $44 billion. They just want a decent fucking wage. They want to be able to take vacation. They want sick leave. They want to be able to afford their fucking child's daycare. They want to be able to, I don't know, send their kids to school, not be broke because of it. I mean, there's this is simple stuff, right? Like life in America and what Americans want is not a fucking secret. It really isn't. Jesus Christ, we watched the Republicans tell lies all fucking year about gas prices. And now they're stuck in this situation where gas is plummeting and they and and the entire country is blaming Biden because (laughs) gas is plummeting. Like you people are you you Republicans. But that is that. But there's one thing that Republicans understand. And they've understood it for decades, and they didn't expect us to quite understand it this well. They understand messaging. They understand how the American psyche works, and they understand that you do not need to tell people the entire fucking truth and go through the entire fucking story of of how you're supposed to believe to get them to believe a certain thing. And I believe that the left, I believe that the pro-democracy coalition can do that. With the truth, we do not have to do it with lies. 
it is not a lie that the American people want a, a they don't want to go broke because of a medical bill. And and the truth behind that lie is the easiest way to do that is to decouple healthcare from our employment system and make a universal healthcare where everyone gets treatment and has access to healthcare and doesn't go broke because of a fucking medical bill. That is the fact. But you can't run around talking about Medicare for all and all these fucking fancy little things. It's going to piss people off. So stop doing all that. Just get the messaging straight. And and I believe Mike, that this Gen Z, this Generation Z, holy fuck, they understand that better than anyone. And the other thing they understand, um, and I know, I know we're probably going to run out of time here, but the one thing that they understand more than anything is social media. Yeah, uh, Gen Z, and and I think everyone is underestimating because everyone's like, oh, social media is destroying our politics. I'm like, I think you're highly underestimating how much they know their entire lives have been social media. Like they fundamentally understand every single aspect. This is like when the TV got really popular, like, oh, the TV's going to melt th- this generation's brain or something. <laughs> yeah. And and it didn't melt their brain. They were fine. Um, it was just that last generation freaked out over shit they didn't understand. Um, but I, I believe Gen Z is poised to be great leaders of this country, great leaders for democracy, and will take the 21st century in this country and even around the world for democracy and create something that has more equity and more equality than we could ever dream of in a, in a short period of time in just a few decades. I think they will do that. Um, and, and I believe 2024 is going to give, uh, the demographics for Gen Z to be, to be, uh, just surprise the shit out of everyone in that election. Um, just as everyone was surprised in 2022, like in Arizona, when Gen Z is the thing that absolutely 86 Carrie Lake and the craziness. Well, you know, I think, I think social media is kind of even the playing field for the general public. Sure. It has some bad points to it and it's being misused in some areas, but it allows people to have some say. I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, Tony, you and I, if we were in the seventies, we would never have this opportunity. Now, certainly not on a internet that didn't exist, certainly not in radio because it's owned by somebody else who won't let you do it. Now this allows people like you and I to garner some attention now, you know maybe not millions and billions of people but a, a large number of people and what people have to understand is it's not only what you and i are saying it's how we're saying it that right. plays a big role in whether we get attention or not and the reason it gives us we get attention for it is because we're kind of unique we're not like your typical Democrats. We're more like a we sound like a Republican saying Democratic shit. Right. And, and that's what's working against the Republicans. That's why the Republicans mm-hmm. don't like TikTok. And that's why they don't like social media, because people are now stepping up and not only speaking out against them, but using their own weapons against them. And they don't know what to fucking do with that. Well, and we should continue to use those because because they, they work Um, and anyone, you know, a lot of people, again, I, I don't have a problem being the rodeo clown no, and maybe, pe- maybe people do. Um, Cause I've got a lot of friends in media that have been invited to the white house. And someone asked me one time and they're like, do you think you'll ever get invited to white house? I'm like, Jesus Christ, I probably wouldn't take the fucking invite. Like why would they, that's the last place I need to be is I need to be in front of a microphone, absolutely pushing the narrative and holding holding the narrative accountable. Because, folks, there are two things at play in our country and our democracy. There is government, which is the the making of policy and the making of laws. 
and then a- executing those laws through the executive branch and then holding them accountable through the judicial branch. That is government. The other thing is elections. If you don't win elections, you don't get to government. Yeah, right. <laughs> you just exactly. don't. So, and I don't give a fuck. Like to me, I, on my show, I do not push a national narrative for policy and policy line items. That's the dumbest. Democrats have done that and liberals have done that for fucking years and it doesn't work because those are line items and bills that do not fucking exist. And if you do not win elections, you do not get to bring those bills to committees. So the first thing you have to do, and Republicans have understood this better than any other party. Now, again, you're, we're on to them and they're, they're they're losing badly in this arena because we're on to them is you have to win elections first. You have right. to win them first. Then you govern. Then you set policy. And the idea is to make sure that you're putting up candidates and you're supporting them no matter what. We're on the same democracy team. Right. We're on the same democracy team to support those candidates, to get those serious people who are going to make that policy in office and inside of our government. Because if you think that uh, these this America first Nazi party, the Republicans are serious about governing anywhere, well, just put them in charge of something. You'll see it fracture and break apart and have no government whatsoever. We're about to see it in the House of Representatives. I've, I've had people on a regular basis say, you should run for office. And I'm sure you get this too. And, <laughs> Fuck that shit. And, and, I wouldn't run. <laughs> no, I wouldn't either. I, 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 I get I, it all the time, by the way. Yeah. I guess I, I got some skeletons that are long ago and I don't want to bring those out, but oh, I yeah. don't, I don't like bullshit meetings. I don't, I'm not diplomatic. Neither are you. And I just wouldn't fit in there. Uh, frankly, I feel like I have more power as a loudmouth outlier trying to bring some things to light that those elected officials are doing or not doing. I, I feel content doing what I'm doing. I, I I don't see myself needing to be part of the problem. I want to be uh, a rogue on the outside, try to point out the fucking problems. Well, that, that is an absolute great point. And the, and the, the point and the, um, the idea there is that again, back to, we need our own circus and the democratic party has not understood that, um, for fucking decades. They're like, oh, we can't let this crazy have any kind of voice because if we let him have voice, then, then he, they'll, they'll make every Democrat out to be that person. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Like, who gives a shit? The, the noise is the point in, in, in elections and running elections and winning elections. Now, I will tell you that the Democratic Party is getting better at this, at recognizing that, hey, we as the party don't drive the message. It's the pundits. It's the people out there with influence that drive the message. And if we embrace that message and embrace their coalition, then we can win. We can win elections. And you've seen that with Gen Z. You've also seen that with the White House inviting um, social media influencers uh, to a lot of these things. Um, So the the punditry is shifting. Um, It's shifting away from these new new, big money news organizations. Um, It's shifting away from some of the big personalities that have, Always been, you know, just the boring, drab, dry, liberal uh, punditry in this country, and it's shifting. And the and you know, I I hope that people listen to your podcast. I hope people come to listen to mine and and anyone like it, or or follow content that is pushing that narrative uh, for the Democratic Party to hold no punches because that's how we're going to win elections. We can't hold back. We have to absolutely lean into democracy. 
And we have to lean into doing whatever it takes to win these elections, to get serious people elected. I mean, again, in Georgia, Warnock is a great senator. But even if Warnock were not to be a great senator, I would have been yelling and screaming to make sure he was elected because Herschel Walker is absolutely not a serious fucking person at all. Not in any stretch of the imagination. And he is the last person that needs to have any fucking power over our government at all. And that is the point. That is the point is that we have to make sure that, yes, is it kind of cringe sometimes? Does it feel bad to be saying some of these things? I mean, not to me. I don't give a fuck. I'm the fuck I'm guy. But that's <laughs> why you should rely on me and Mike saying these things. Rely on us. I'm the rodeo clown. Let me be the rodeo clown. And you just you just ride that bull. All right. I'll distract him. You ride that bull and we'll save democracy. If it's, you know, a cowboy thing that you want to yeah. the analogy that you want to have. Well, so. and, and, and Herschel Walker doesn't have any business driving a school bus, let alone being a U.S. senator. Uh, but but you make a good point. Um, people should pay attention to what's being said out there if what's being said is reasonable. I mean, let's be honest, Tony, you and I aren't getting rich doing this. We're doing this because we want to do it, because we feel like we want to do some good. For me especially, I'm an older guy. I don't have a future to look forward to like you do. I just, I'd like to, when I die, I'd like to have this a little better place and uh, being able to say that I at least tried to do something, whether I accomplished it or not, uh, makes no difference. But that's why I want people to support the Rational Boomer podcast, but I also want them to support and uh, uh, consume other shows that, you know, that 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 I feel aligned with. And, and, and of course, we were talking about the upcoming uh, hearing with the January 6th committee, and you got kind of a special show going on today. After you hear this podcast, you can go over and check out what Tony uh, Michaels is doing. And w- why don't you give that explanation again real quick? Because I want it properly promoted, not only because I want to do you a favor, but I think it's absolutely crucial that everybody watch what's going on in this hearing and get as much information as you can, because like you say, the information is what's going to help us win. Right. It will. And politicizing that information uh, over the next two years is going to make sure that we hold on to our democracy. So if you want to watch the day 10 of the January 6th select hearing, it's going to be the exclamation point on this January select uh, committee and their work and the evidence that they collected on the Cheeto dust kangaroo coup, as I call it, or January 6th insurrection. Um, so you can watch it on my channel at and uh, just go to, um, uh, Tony Michaels podcast on YouTube. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter, Twitch. Um, you can also go to Facebook and follow me on uh, Facebook at the Tony Michaels. Um, but just go type in the Tony Michaels podcast on YouTube. You can watch that final hearing. We'll have an hour of commentary from the Midas Touch Network before, uh, we will cover the hearing in whole we will not speak over the hearing you will be able to hear here you will be able to listen to the hearing the entire time and watch it um, and then we'll have commentary after so just go to youtube the tony michaels podcast and you know it'll be part that's our normal time for the show so that'll actually be my show tomorrow um, but come back and watch every single weekday monday through friday on our YouTube channel, if you want to watch it live, the Tony Michaels podcast, or if you're a podcast listener, which I know you are because you listen to the Rational Boomer podcast, you can go to Apple, Spotify, Google, and you can actually download every single episode of our show there every single weekday, Monday through Friday. But tomorrow, you will be able to download 
the commentary, the hearing, and the commentary after on the Tony Michaels podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, your favorite directory, wherever you download your podcast, you will be able to find it there. It will be marked as the day 10, January 6th hearing. Um, so go download that episode if you want to listen to the hearing on your on your device, um, on your podcast. So, <laughs> And uh, afterwards, I'm going to probably do something too, just kind of talk about what happened and, and, and what's going on now and see if we can get our voices above the screaming and the crying and the whining of the Republicans who no doubt be doing that after uh, the Democrats having the audacity of exposing these people for the fucked up corruption <laughs> that they've actually committed. Oh, the evidence gets out in the open and it's bad for them. How dare they? <laughs> yeah, how dare they? Well, Tony, I want to thank you for taking the time. Uh, we go a little long when Tony's on because, well, between the I two. I like to talk. We both like to talk and, and yeah, we sure. can all carry it out for a long way. But, uh, but I think it's valuable and I know the listeners like hearing these shows with you. So we'll have you back again anytime you want to. We'll, we'll be happy to ha have you on the show. It's always entertaining. But thank you very much for coming by today. And I'm excited about today. And I'll be watching uh, what you're going to be doing uh, in and around the, uh, the the hearings. I'm excited for that. Well, again, Mike, thanks for having me on. And uh, anytime, just give me a call. I'll I'll uh, make time for the Rational Boomer podcast and the audience here, uh, the great audience that you have. So thanks a lot for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, you folks, thank you for standing by and listening. Hope you have a great day. Watch the hearing. We'll talk to you again later on. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.